Would you join me in a prayer? As Nicole now goes downstairs to serve our children and raise up other mentors to serve our children, we give you thanks for her living witness to you. We give you thanks, our triune God, that your work that continues is like a river, good and glorious. May your Holy Spirit now deepen our eyesight to see your work and to welcome your work in our lives and in this world that belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to turn with me either in your phones or in your Bibles or in the Pew Bible on page 717 to a vision given by an angel to a priest called to be a prophet that is fulfilled completely in the person of Jesus Christ. Last week we began a look at this vision and I'd like to begin where we began last week, beginning with verse 1 all the way through verse 12. This vision is truly good and truly glorious as it speaks about the power of the river. The man, an angelic being, brought me back to the entrance to the temple, Ezekiel writes, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of this east side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling from the south side of the east gate. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off over 500 meters and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another 500 meters and led me through the water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another 500 plus meters, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, Son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arava, Arava where it, or the, uh, the of desert area leading into the Dead Sea Valley where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi to Engleam, to springs. There, there will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds 
like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt, needed for the sacrifices. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food, and their leaves for healing. Thanks be to God for his rivers, good and glorious. One moment. I desire to begin with the end in mind. More correctly, I desire to begin this message of which you've already heard part with the glorious and good end that is in Christ's mind that he is bringing to completion. Let me explain. The Holy Spirit, the third person of our triune God, working in our lives, enables those who have received Jesus to see the kingdom of God. With these new eyes, the Holy Spirit helps us understand more and more clearly Christ's glorious and good ends, Christ's glorious and good end plans for us and for all his creation, an end that is full of eternal life, full of Christ's resurrection life, full of God's glory and goodness that will never fade and that will never end even more. The Holy Spirit working in our lives empowers us to live Christ's eternal life now, his resurrection life now, in the kingdom of God now, even in the hardest places of our lives where he places us to live each day, even in the most painful parts of our lives where the Spirit of God transforms us to become more like Christ. It is a tremendous gift of God's grace that the Holy Spirit gives us eyes to see Christ's end that he is bringing to completion. It is a tremendous gift of God's grace that the Holy Spirit empowers us to live our lives now in ways that point to and reflect now the certainty of this good and glorious end in Christ's mind that he is bringing to completion. You may have heard it said or have read in various leadership books, begin with the end in mind. How much more then? By knowing the glorious and good end in Christ's mind that he is working to bring to full completion, an end for which he will certainly succeed. 
the way we approach our daily lives has the capacity to be filled by Jesus, the river source, and empowered by the Holy Spirit like God's river flowing in us. This morning, on this Mother's Day, I want you to see with me the power of this river as brought to us in the vision given to Ezekiel by this angelic guide, a vision that the Holy Spirit gives us the capacity to understand being fulfilled in Christ and to live out of through the power of the Holy Spirit. What power this river has. From this passage, I want to help you see this profound power in this river of life. I want to add a few layers of glory and goodness just below the surface of this river that come from the book of Ezekiel that will help us to delight in this river flow. And I want to consider a few of the many ways we might welcome and benefit from this transformative, powerful work of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. And while I don't specifically address my comments to those of you here that are mothers, you are certainly also in my mind. Let's look first at this profound power of the river that we have read about in Ezekiel 47. What is this power that we read? At the end of verse 6, after showing Ezekiel this expanding river, the angel asks Ezekiel, what does this mean, what he has just shown Ezekiel? Without waiting for his reply, the angel then shows Ezekiel what it means by giving him a glimpse of this glorious and good end that is in Christ's mind that he is now bringing to completion. What does Ezekiel see? First, he sees a great number of trees. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. This would have reminded Ezekiel of the creation account in Genesis 1 and 2. At the beginning of Genesis where there were beautiful trees everywhere, this vision would have stood for him in sharp contrast to the devastation and the burning that had happened in his land by the invading Babylonians, during which time he and over 10,000 others had been taken captive and marched off to a different land. Is Jesus really going to restore all of creation that is today groaning for healing? Ezekiel would have asked in his own way. Ezekiel then is led to see the dead sea made fresh. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arava where it enters the dead sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. This is not normal. This region literally means desolate and dry area. It's a barren desert area leading into the Dead Sea Valley. The name of the Dead Sea literally means in Hebrew, killer sea. Instant death is exactly what happens to any fish in such water. 
six times saltier than the ocean to about 40 meters, 10 times saltier than the ocean at 90 meters. Other than the bacteria that can live, it is a barren, dead place. Yet this, yet it's here that the river of Christ's life flows. His life flows into the most barren, dead places, bringing freshness and life. This is such good news. This is the glorious and good end for which Jesus is now working. And marine life, they will thrive. We read, swarms of living creature will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. A little bit later we read, fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea, like the fish that we remember about in the creation story. Wherever this river flows, everything will live and thrive. And this life-giving river will provide meaningful work for people. The vision continues. Fishermen will stand along the shore. There will be places for spreading nets. And the trees, oh, such trees, (laughs) such trees with such leaves and such fruit. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Water from the source flows to them. The fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. This is an incredible river. The results of it are breathtaking. The benefits for all of God's creation is profound. And this is the river of the Holy Spirit flowing from Jesus, the source of this river. All of you have seen beauty at times that has taken your breath away. If you are a photographer type, you've tried to capture moments of such breathtaking beauty in pictures. I can tell you with certainty, this vision given to Ezekiel by the angel of God that points to the glorious and good end in Christ's mind that Jesus is bringing to completion is beyond breathtaking. During the morning times of prayer, Monday through Wednesday from 7 to 8, during this 40 days of prayer that some of you attend and to which all of you are welcome, our prayers this past week have been ignited by this vision that is real in Christ. This vision has ignited our worship as we celebrated this continued work of Jesus toward this good and glorious end, this vision has ignited our intercession, asking that the Holy Spirit would flow into the most barren, dead places in our lives, in our community, 
in our workplaces, in our school, in our world, with life refreshing, life restoring rivers of Jesus. This is real. It is what Nicole bore witness to. It is what Ezekiel was given a vision of. It is what is now real in Christ. Before I look with you at how we might benefit from this vision of this powerful river, I want to take a few moments to look just below the surface of this flowing river at some layers in the book of Ezekiel that will help us understand more clearly the power of the Holy Spirit flowing in our lives from Christ the source. First, I want to take a closer look at this east gate that keeps being mentioned in the book of Ezekiel. Earlier in Ezekiel 10, Ezekiel is given a vision of the glory of God leaving the temple due to the sins of the people through the east gate. Just before this passage, in Ezekiel 43, the glory of God returns to this new temple through the east gate. In Ezekiel 44, we then read, Then the man, this angel, brought me back to the outer gate of the sanctuary, the one facing east, and it was shut. The Lord said to me, This gate is to remain shut. It must not be opened. No one may enter through it. It is to remain shut because the Lord, the God of Israel, has entered through it. Then the man brought me by way of the north gate to the front of the temple. I looked and saw the glory of the Lord filling the temple of the Lord. And I fell face down. The glory of the Lord will not depart now that it has returned. In John 1 verse 14, John writes of this vision about Jesus. The word, speaking of Jesus, became flesh and tabernacled or made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus has brought God's glory, full of grace and truth, for us to see for us to experience, for us to live in. God's glory in Jesus will not be taken away from us. Now come back to Ezekiel 47. From where does this river flow? Under the south side of the east gate. Where does the river flow? Eastward. Why is this significant? Because the glory of God in Jesus will now flow from him who is the source for the healing of the nations. The glory of Jesus cannot be kept in any building. The glory of Jesus is flowing into all God's creation. It is flowing for the fruit and healing of the nations. We will see this more clearly in the vision given to John in Revelation 21-22, which we will begin to consider next week. And I promise joy, I won't go further on that this morning. (laughs) 
Let me give you another layer before I move to application. And that's the glory of this new order that comes as a result of the power of this river. On your own, I invite you to read Ezekiel and notice closely the glory of the new creation given in the vision to Ezekiel, a priest who would understand such a vision. In chapters 40 through 48, we see in this vision given to him a perfectly proportioned temple, pleasing sacrifices, a renewed holy priesthood, a people belonging to God, a refreshed land, a new city. The vision is simply glorious. It is holy. For Ezekiel, it would have been absolutely perfect. Even more, in Ezekiel 34, we are told that God would place David, who had already died, as his shepherd, speaking of Jesus, forever over this reality. Oh, this end is glorious and good. Some of you read this or hear this, you may think this vision is speaking of some geographic moment in history to come. However, as you look at how all, all the New Testament writers speak of this vision given to Ezekiel, it is very clear that we are meant to see that this vision points to Jesus himself as God's temple as God's dwelling and the people restored by Jesus and filled by his spirit as his dwelling place, his perfect temple where God dwells in glory. One such example of this vision's unfolding fulfillment comes in Ephesians 2, where the apostle Paul writes to Jews and Gentiles who received Jesus as their savior and Lord these words, but now in Christ Jesus, You who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. And then listen to this. Consequently, You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. In him, that is in Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling where God lives by his spirit. This vision given to Ezekiel is a vision that Christ is fulfilling through the power of the spirit in his church, through his people today. Wow. This is the end in Christ's mind that he is bringing to completion that Ezekiel only began to see. Praise be to God. Let me just mention briefly one last layer related to Ezekiel's life and story. As you read the book of Ezekiel, 
Notice closely Ezekiel. He was a priest who had served in the temple in Jerusalem. As I mentioned, he was part of the second wave of captivity, the first being Daniel and those with him. The second wave of over 10,000 brought to Babylonian. After three years in exile, God calls Ezekiel to be a prophet. For the next six years of his calling, he then speaks of God's discipline on his people for their sins. At the end of these six years, his wife dies, Jerusalem is destroyed, and the temple is destroyed. In the midst of such desolation and despair when there should be no hope in him, the Spirit of God in Ezekiel leads him to see these visions of Christ's glorious end that is in Christ's mind, which Jesus is bringing to completion. Ezekiel never lived to see the fulfillment of these visions through the coming of Jesus into our time. Ezekiel never lived to see the outpoured Holy Spirit flow Christ's healing to the nations. He never lived in the times in which we now live. So how can we benefit from this power of the river? Let me just briefly, as I conclude, suggest at least three ways, and the Spirit has likely given you many more. First, the Holy Spirit empowers us to see that the end in Christ's mind that he is bringing to completion is real. It is easy to see your present life as real and whatever is to come in the future as less real. We can face death in the same way, thinking that what is to come is some vague future that we will think about once we get there, if we get there. Yet the eternal life we have received in Christ is real life that the Spirit empowers us to live now and even more forever. It is not less real. It is more real. Second, the Holy Spirit empowers us to see that Jesus is working now to bring about this glorious end in his mind. He is making all things new. His work is bearing fruit all the time. His work is healing, whether it's with individuals, families, marriages, churches, nations, creation. His work is impacting all of creation, for all of creation is being made new by his river of life flowing. Jesus can do this work. Jesus is willing to do this work. Jesus is doing this work. And finally, the Holy Spirit empowers us, we in whom Christ lives, to express the end in Christ's mind in a manner that his mind shapes our mind through the power of the Holy Spirit, such that the Holy Spirit empowers us to bear this fruit, his fruit, in our daily lives every day. The Holy Spirit applies his healing, his healing leaves to our lives and empowers us to be peacemakers of healing with those we work and live with every day. The Holy Spirit, as we saw in Ephesians 2, also empowers us to be a dwelling together where he lives by his Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit empowers us to bring his fruit-bearing, healing work into the most barren places, wherever they might be, so that we give people a taste of this glorious and good end that Jesus is accomplishing. And finally, like Ezekiel, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live this vision as real, even in the midst of deep suffering, even in the face of disappointment and heartache with the glorious and good end Christ is accomplishing in our minds, such as Nicole spoke to us earlier. At the beginning of my talk, I said, I desire to begin with the end in mind. More correctly, I said, I desire to begin this message with the end that is in Christ's mind that he is bringing to completion. What a glorious vision God gave to Ezekiel. What a glorious end. We who have received Jesus are empowered by the Holy Spirit to see what a glorious eternal life we, in whom Jesus, the river of life, lives, can now live. Let me add just one last story as the worship team comes up that might help you if in any way I have lost you. After some months here, when I began in my role just over five years ago, we had an annual meeting. And I spoke from Ephesians 4 of the ways Jesus works in a body such as this. At the end of the presentation, someone asked the question, where is all of this going to lead us? And with a big smile, I said, I don't know, but it will be good. Someone came up to me afterwards and said, that's not a good thing to say in an annual meeting because it will lead to insecurity. I now know what I should have said in light of Ezekiel's vision. So if you ask me this question, this is what I will say. Where is all of this going to lead us? I would say to you, let me give a better question. Where is Jesus taking us? Where is he leading us? And then I would say, where he is taking us and where he is leading us is good and it is glorious. Oh, let us follow him today. Let's worship him.